Hey everybody, welcome to episode 13 of Two Views Movies Podcast. Welcome back to Two Views Movies Podcast, everybody. A podcast by two guys who love watching movies almost as much as we love arguing about them. I'm Garrett. And I'm Carson. And today's episode is all about the newest Tomb Raider. If you don't know, which everybody should by now because we had two bad movies about it already, and most people have at least heard of the video game, but the description is as follows. Lara Croft, the fiercely independent daughter of a missing adventurer, must push herself beyond her limits when she finds herself on an island where her father disappeared. It's directed by, I don't know how to say this guy's name, we're going to go with Roar Utaug. Close enough. <laughs> I haven't seen The Wave. It's been on my letterbox watch list forever. It's on Netflix. I've heard good things, but it, got, it must be good enough to have gotten him this job. Not The Wave from high school. Not The Wave from high school. <laughs> <laughs> The cast, Alicia Vikander, Walton Goggins, and Dominic West. It's really the only people worth mentioning, I think. If you don't know who Dominic West is, I always remember him from The Wire. Walton Goggins, Vice Principals, Hateful Eight. He's always... Justified. Okay, he's always a side guy. Yeah, he's a, he's a henchman. Yeah, which, not to give too much away, but he basically is a henchman in this. Should be, yeah. Yeah, he's playing a villain, a main bad guy, but he's a henchman. But he's a henchman, yeah. yes. So I'll just come right out and say it on this one. I had decent expectations before the first trailers. I thought, oh, Alicia Vikander from Ex Machina. I'm going to like it. Gritty reboot. Sure, why not? Let's just do that. Everybody's doing that. And then the first trailer hit, and I was kind of like, I don't know. And we talked about that in the preview stuff. And then I went and saw the movie. And yeah, I was just kind of bored. See, I I liked it. (laughs) I, I liked it a lot. And a lot of it had to do with her. I thought she was casted perfectly. I think she's very believable in, in the role, and I thought they did a good job with her. Yeah, she is cast really, really well. I'll give her that. She's athletic. She's, I don't know, kind of spunky, I guess. You know, she's got some fight in her. But good casting doesn't make for a good script. Well, sure, but it's got to start there. Well, I don't know. <laughs> well, I, okay. She had the option to read the script and say no. That's true. It's not a bad. It's not a bad script. So my right. major criticism with this movie is that it follows Indiana Jones and Last Crusade, like almost beat for beat. And so it, the the entire plot is her looking for her dad who's missing, mm-hmm. which is the same that Indy was doing in the Last Crusade. His dad's missing. He's going on a quest. She finds the dad. He finds his dad. You know, and then he picks up his dad's you know, lifelong quest, which is the same thing that, that they do. And to, to find this hidden cave where this hidden mystery thing is, and they go through all of the, the booby traps to mm-hmm. get there and uh, eventually find it. And then it, yeah, it, it's just, it, it mirrors Indian Jones' Last Crusade to a T. So why would that be a bad thing? That, well, it's a bad thing because it's, it's not original. Okay. But I'm okay with it. Okay. And so, but th- that was the whole thing. It's like, that's yet another way. It's like, it's like Indiana Jones as far as she's an, a puzzle solver, not really a, an archaeologist because um, she's uneducated and working as a delivery girl. Right. But that's, uh, not, not that she's uneducated. She's just not living up to her potential. Well, yeah. Her dad makes a comment when he, so. She runs into her dad on the island, which we'll get to later. But he makes a comment about like, "Yo, which school are you going Did to?" You go to Oxford? Yeah, yeah. And she's like, "None of the above." But, but yeah. So I had a problem with exactly what you just said. 
there's nothing that gives you any insight as to why she's this master puzzle solver other than her dad used to have her do puzzles when she was little. You can't like puzzles. You can't be good at puzzles. Well, yeah, but it's... You need to take a, have a degree in puzzle solving? No, but they, they do nothing to explain her smartness. They do a lot to explain how tough she is, how crafty she is, how witty she is. But other than you seeing her in flashbacks solve puzzles as a kid or continue to somehow just innately get puzzles, they don't ever attempt to make you understand if she's smart or not. Well, it's not like it. So Indiana Jones, to, again, to go back to that comparison, he's using history and what he knows from from history to solve history-like puzzles. Right. Her puzzles that she has solved were just puzzle puzzles. Yeah, so but it's not like she she's pulling from a reference. Yeah, but some that of them have like to Japanese know. lettering on it and she, stuff like she that. Didn't like, know there the, has to be the, some the... kind of context. <laughs> well, I don't think even that is just there were symbols that she was matching up and that, that she had done those since she was a kid. I don't know. I thought... Indy was digging from you know ref- obscure references from the Bible and then the Crusades and things that he would have to have studied to solve. Yeah, I just thought that. They could have done a better job. I'm not saying she had to go to Oxford or whatever, but they could have done a better job of explaining how these other guys who have dedicated their life to solving these puzzles and whatever can't do it, but Lara can come in and just magically get it done. And I know she had like some piece of information that her dad had given her to help solve the final riddle of this grave that they're trying to get to, but overall I'm just saying they built her up to be kind of one dimensional in terms of she's just tough. She's an MMA fighter. She's scrappy. She can hold her own, but they didn't really do anything to make you think, Oh, she she's capable of solving puzzles other than she did them when she was a kid. Well, and, and to her defense, they just found that puzzle that they didn't open. And the only person who could solve it was her father. Now, right. These other people weren't studying but, stuff. Yeah. It even goes back to the, the little trinket that they give her in the, the boardroom when she's trying to sign for her father or they want her to sign for her father. So it's just, it's almost like they made you take it for granted. Like, okay, you know who Lara Croft is. You need to believe that she's good at puzzles. So we'll just build up the tough girl side of her. I thought that was kind of lame and made the character a little one dimensional. And you just segued into the the tough girl side. So the movie opens with her kickboxing. Mm -hmm. She's sparring with another lady Mm -hmm. and uh, essentially she's getting her butt kicked. I liked that side. So it's, it's very different from the Angelina Jolie that we saw fighting robots, you know, and she was basically invincible where, where this, this Lara Croft was, was losing. Yeah. And again, building character, building, you know, so we're seeing, okay, she's not invincible. She's tough because she keeps going, but she's, she's still not great at, yeah. at, at fighting or at, at everything. I don't think they gave her enough opportunities throughout the movie to build upon that. So the only other, she has that fight in the beginning, and then there's another fight with a henchman where she like chokes him out with an MMA hold or something like that. But and drowns it, him it, it in was, the mud. It was shot so darkly that you could not tell what was happening, at least in our theater. I was like, I can kind of vaguely see that they're fighting each other, but I couldn't get any sense of like how gritty or tough or whatever it is. Like They didn't put her through a beating. And then even her last showdown with Walton Goggins there at the end, you know, I think he puts her in that same chokehold, if I'm remembering correctly from they, the beginning. They, they use they use the same chokehold a lot. Which, you know, I mean, that's yeah. one of the things when you watch enough movies like we do, I will forever refer to that mechanism of setting something up in the beginning to have it come back in the end as the pommel horse. 
From, <laughs> from an old replicant Van Damme movie because he did the pommel horse in the beginning. We're like, okay, where is this coming back? He's and then going to use that later. Right. And yeah. everybody, every movie does it, but this one was like, okay, she lost to this, you know, standing rear naked chokehold. I don't know what it is. I don't watch enough MMA, but you're like, okay, that's going to get slapped on her at some point later on. And she's going to get out of it. Yes. She couldn't get out of it at the beginning, but she found a way to get out of it later. Right. But, I mean, that scene with the first henchman where she drowns him in a, in a puddle. Essentially, that's her first kill. Yeah. Um, especially with her bare hands. It was kind of brutal. I like, wish I could have experienced more of it, is what I'm saying. Well, and I don't remember having a problem seeing that scene. Oh, okay. Maybe that was your viewing experience, or yeah. maybe I'm remembering it differently. But I remember seeing that, that as more of a, a, a gritty fight, a hand-to-hand fight. That, uh, that yeah, she, she got worked over a little bit, but ended up, you know, winning. Yeah. But again, I, I like that, that feel. I don't want my, I want my heroes to be more like John McClane in yeah. Die Hard to where they, they, they get their butt kicked. Throughout. Yeah. We're in an era where polish on an action star doesn't really do it. I mean, everybody yeah. wants the gritty reboot. Ever since, seems like maybe I'm biased, but Batman Begins and Casino Royale, once those two movies hit and you rebooted Batman, which had been Joel Schumacher, schlocky for however many years into this real world dark thing and then casino royale went completely gritty on a bond franchise that was really stale ever since then everybody just wanted gritty reboot after gritty reboot i mean that was that's been some of the argument against like man of steel and stuff is that don't take superman and put him in a gritty reboot that's not who he is right but that's just what everybody's doing right now and this this was that although i think it i think it suffered a little bit from trying to be gritty but not really overly committing to that it kind of had certain segments of it, like the opening fight, that fight with a guy, but then in other places it just kind of fell back into generic Assassin's Creed video game type action. But it didn't commit to the whole grit thing the entire way, and that was disappointing. Like, go all the way in or just don't do it. And I read an article on uh, from the writer, and, and she wrote it with all of these all these jokes. She said it was joke-filled when she wrote it. And then the, the director and, and, uh, and Laura did uh, did not want to do that, and so it was a uh, hey. The only the only way we're going to do that is if you if we make it more real. Yeah, and I think there's a couple of you know lighthearted moments. I mean, they're not jokes. They're not in your face. You know, joke, which I appreciate because I I think those are now overused quite yeah. a bit. And so I'm glad they kept it the the tone. I thought they kept the tone pretty pretty well throughout. I, I enjoyed it. I really did. And I, I I saw it as the the start of a franchise that they're going to explore her more. They, they alluded to that because everybody wanted to see her with her, you know, token pistols. Did they? I, I didn't know. I mean, that's a thing with Lara Croft. No, I know later. the the pigtails and the two guns, but that's where I kind of when it ended on that note because that's the last thing you see of the movie is her holding up her two guns and she's got the pigtails and making the comment or whatever. It's like why that that was the wrong feel to end that movie on if you were going for something gritty or whatever why why did you end it like that it had it came across to me as like really hokey and pandering there was another way to probably work in two guns or something other than you can do small nods that seemed like an egregious nod at the end of a movie where you were trying to distance yourself from the angelina jolie movies which i know is more of a nod to the video game but that came off to me more as a nod to that well, it was almost like a post credit scene and yeah, it, again, it was it was removed essentially from the movie, right? In a the pawn shop, which was more of a comic relief pawn shop, which you knew a lot of. There were more jokes there. I mean, they left a few, 
in that scene, which were kind of cringeworthy. I, d- I didn't like the pawn yeah. shop. But they, they brought her back to the pawn shop to get her guns, and that was, okay, she didn't use a gun. She was just using a bow and arrow through the, mm-hmm. the entire movie. That was kind of a nod to the fans that wanted to see her. You know, so you do have that video game tie that you are yeah. trying to be real to that character and in, in your fan base. And I think we'll see that as movies go on and hopefully they keep making them. Cause I, I really like her as this, uh, as this character, uh, she, in that, that boxing scene, she is, she is ripped. Yeah. And that was awesome. She's, she's cast. Well, there's no her. question that you couldn't have picked a better Lara Croft. I just, I don't know what it is about video game movies that they can't seem to ever strike the right tone. I've read that this was very much in line with the Tomb Raider video game reboot, but I haven't played that, so I don't know. But I think it just, it had no feel to me. What it, what it lacked was any kind of charm, any kind of feeling, any kind of motivation. Like, I, I didn't feel anything for anybody. Like, when Lara reunited with her dad, I was like, okay. When Walton Goggins was telling us why he's doing what he's doing, I, okay. Well, I think when she reunited with her dad, it was weird. And it's like, why is her dad even on this island? You did not need him in this right. movie beyond yeah. her getting her there. It was just, that was a terrible choice yeah. to put the dad in that movie. Just not necessary and, and overly predictable. And it's so dumb because they, they try and hide things like that sometimes where like, oh, there's a guy lurking in the shadows with long hair and a long beard. Who could this be? <laughs> it's, it's so overdone. But I guess my point was I didn't feel happy when she solved the puzzle. I didn't feel relief when she escaped the last puzzle. And her da- I didn't feel sad when her dad sacrificed himself. I, I, I felt nothing through the whole movie. And I know that this isn't a movie where it's designed to be overly feeling one way or the other but i didn't have her even a rooting interest in it really other than i knew i was supposed to root for Lara because i know she's the hero it didn't and i've told you this before like justice league i thought suffered from this batman vs superman did where they i guess maybe it's with these known properties sometimes they take for granted that the audience knows they're supposed to feel a certain way you know you're supposed to root for Lara croft you know you're supposed to root for superman or whoever it is so we don't make any effort and getting you to invest in it because we just assume you're already going to be there. And for me, that that's a non-starter. Well, I think the problem with this movie comes from the puzzles. Uh, there is no way for the audience to be on board with the solving of the puzzles. Problems. Oh, completely agree. It, it was she's she's turning some knobs, and and the, the audience doesn't doesn't know what she's doing, other than we've seen her do it before, right? And so it's like, okay, she's gonna have no problem with this because it's a knob that she's turned before, right? But it's not something that 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 we could participate in. Yeah, and, exactly. Not that you would know, you know, Indiana Jones, Jehovah starts with an eye, but 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 you could at least, right. you know, you know, work work with him yeah. you know as he's processing and as he's working through something that's solvable the only thing that they came kind of close to the color puzzle which i know you did not like but at least it no. it, it it gave people a oh well if you put all the colors together it makes a different color and then that could open the door type of thing and that they only did that let me do that once and right. it was the only thing that that resembled something that we could participate in but you couldn't even really i mean you're saying relatively speaking you could compared to the yeah. other ones but really it was her clinging to a wall blurting out her logic as she goes which nobody in real life would ever do she's blurting out like oh it should be this and she's just 
taking is like whack-a-mole. She was like taking stones and just shoving them in certain. Well, that didn't work. And then she redoes it and tries to explain why it's all that and ends up being green for the color of life or something. I I don't know. That was not good. So coming from somebody who, who loves exit rooms, you know, and trying to fi- figure out puzzles. Yeah. You know, you see you see she's got three three colors and then she's trying to find the right color. Well, you know, these two colors make green. You know, yeah. T- type of thing. And so it's like, okay, you know, I can. Not that I'm I'm solving it before she does, but at least I can follow her yeah. logic, and so I'm with her on that. Now the problem I have with these booby traps is, once you open that that door, it's open forever. Right. So her her <laughs> there's like who builds these these temples? They're supposed to keep people out, but only the first person who goes through it. Right. It keeps them out because she solved the first puzzle. The wall fell down. Yeah. It's collapsed into the cave. Uh, they didn't and have so, automation back then to reset traps. In Indy, they do. You know, Indiana Jones, you know, the walls <laughs> go the back up, you know, and then they shoot the arrows across, and then in, in Tomb Raider, the floor falls out. Yeah, but even in Indy, eventually the arrows will run out. They don't have an infinite supply of arrows. They were shooting into the other holes. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Either way, at least it was a, is something that the, other than the, the giant boulder, so yeah, the giant yeah. Boulder. who resets the giant boulder? <laughs> Who's the poor family that has to stay chained to this go, thing go, forever? Go take that up to the top. Uh, i got to roll this back up the hill now. <laughs> That's only if they get that far. So the last one they do, but everyone along the way, you couldn't duplicate. So it's only, only yeah. for that first, that first group that goes through. And then after that, it's clear sailing. And they thought nobody would ever solve them, so it wouldn't be a problem. Once they got to the end, you know, it was game over for everybody. Right. Yeah. But yeah, I, I agree with you a lot on the audience not being able to follow Peace. Because that's a problem I have too with like mystery movies. When they don't give you the pieces of the puzzle to try and play along. And in the end, instead you just get this big, okay, we're throwing it all on the table now. And here's how you could have not even remotely pieced together the mystery. Right. That's what I kind of felt like this was too. Like you could not participate in anything. And even with Indy, I get it that you have a good point. Not everybody would particularly know the answer to the puzzle, but at least I guess you felt like you learned something like, Oh, Jehovah's spell with an eye, you know, <laughs> but this, yeah. you walk away like a blue and yellow mint green. I, okay. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I agree with you. Not being able to participate was a, was a huge problem because then you're just kind of, I thought the puzzle on the wall of the cave it had all the little different wheels she had to turn and she had to like actually kind of scale the wall. You know what I mean? She to, had to rock climb. Yeah, yeah, she had to rock climb, but she had to turn these wheels and stuff. Like it kind of took a minute or two for that to get over with. And you're just watching her like, I don't even understand what she's doing. Like I know she knows what she's doing in the movie, but I have no idea what she's doing right just now. Just a, a big version of her father's puzzle. That yeah. He, but it was like, okay, I just know that she knows how to solve these. Yeah. That there's no... There's no drama. There, there's no. Right. There's no. Right. Oh, is she going to figure it out? You know, type of thing. It's, it's and it okay. Looked, it okay, looked, she knows how to do these. Yeah, but it, it looked hokey too, right? Because she yeah. was just kind of like, like on a video game wall, like scaling side to side. That that was really not well thought through. It, it's almost as if you you've shown that she's a master Rubik's cube person, and then <laughs> you say the only way to get into this room is doing a Rubik's cube. It's like, okay, I know she knows how to do that. Right. There's 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 no mystery there. So that that I thought was the downfall of this movie even though i i enjoyed it throughout it was uh it was, it was the traps and her her processing uh, and i was okay with the plot so, so the, the main plot of this movie is her dad is trying to find this mystical witch we'll call it that uh is supposed to wipe out all of japan with her death touch is that a fair yeah but it had something to do with he was trying to 
find proof of the supernatural or the afterlife for some reason. Was it because her mom died? Or I honestly, I'm I'm drawing a massive blank here. I know they specifically say like he was trying to find proof of supernatural slash afterlife, and he thought that this person somehow, this ancient Japanese person, proved that. Well, it got to the point to where he was protecting it from the group that was trying to find it so he's yeah. like if anybody finds it then the, there's going to be mass genocide right you know, across the world so it's not that he was trying to find it other than he was trying to protect it or somewhere along his journey he yeah switched. i think that's what it was so that that's what he's trying to find that's the the end of the the tunnel of of mazes and puzzles is is this sarcophagus and they find the the death the death queen lady it ends up being she's not supernatural, but she has the plague, essentially. Yeah. A very aggressive plague that if you touch your skin, your face melts off. You know, <laughs> yeah. and, that, and that's where it comes again back to the indie reference. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you, you chose you have chosen poorly. Right. You know, and his face, you know, melts off. Yeah. And so that's uh um I, I like the way that it hinted at supernatural, and this is where we we disagree. Uh, and then then they showed a real world example of how it wasn't so they didn't take us down to a path of you know ark of the covenant you opened up and then mm-hmm. you know god melted your face because you you looked at it because apparently you don't do that yeah that's, you, know. that's a, <laughs> right. you, you don't look at the the ten commandments right uh, or you yeah you melt indy knew indy knew to close his eyes but the uh because he's smart <laughs> Lara's not. He, he read that somewhere but so that they brought it back to a it was a disease and then yeah. they figured that out and and i thought that was a good way to keep this world, and again, I, I haven't played the video games. I don't know where where they go as far as stretching the imagination. The the robots and and the the first you know Angelina Jolie version. I don't know if that's littered in, into the games today. Uh, I'm glad there's none of that. Yeah. Uh, so that they kept it, I thought, pretty grounded in reality, yeah. and that and I appreciated that. Yeah, I I was okay with it. I guess where I thought it was kind of dumb was you're trying to be this gritty grounded in reality reboot of a franchise and you started off with chasing something supernatural. So there was one of two things that were going to happen. Either you knew it wasn't supernatural all along and it was just kind of like, uh, cause even Lara doesn't really believe she isn't buy into it. Right. And that's not her quest. Her quest is to find her dad. Right. But even as she knows the story and stuff in the movie, she's not buying the fact that it's supernatural. So you either had the fact that you're trying to follow this quest kind of, where the main character doesn't even really believe what's being presented as the goal, or you're going to get to the end and it is going to be supernatural and the movie's going to take a hard left turn and you're going to be left wondering what just happened in this gritty reboot where we've got something supernatural. So that I, I had a problem with it more from a tone standpoint, not that it, you know, not that it didn't make sense. I get that there's this mythology that grew around this ancient Japanese person and around every myth is something really rooted in fact and it, that happens in real life. And so I get that piece of it. I just thought tonally is where it, I had an issue with it. I know we mentioned this before, so we should probably get to it before we wrap things up, but Walton Goggins, I know your big stance is a villain makes a movie. It's hard to have a really good movie if you don't have a good villain. I agree. And because that's my stance. I don't, right. <laughs> and I don't, I don't have a thing against Walton Goggins. I just don't know if he's got main bad guy villain in him. And in this one, he felt like, top henchman right hand man for a guy or a villain or person that we couldn't see and there's some truth to that and how the movie plays out in the end but you can't have a right hand henchman being the 
main driving force of a villain throughout the whole movie. It doesn't doesn't work very well. Yeah, and I think for his character, they got close to motivation of why he's the way he is. Why why is he so cruel to the slaves and to to her and her family? And what's he trying to do? They they, they barely touched on that, and that may be deleted scenes that they said we don't we don't need backstory on him. That they hint at it of basically. He's being held hostage himself by the company that he works for on this island for six years and is trying to get off. Yeah. And the only way they're going to let him off is if he finds this this witch lady and he's just sick of being there. Right. He misses his family. He misses his daughter. Daughters. I don't, I don't even remember. Doesn't matter. Uh, but they didn't develop that enough. Uh, I was like, okay, I, I get wanting to go home. Uh, but I think that could have been done a little bit better to make yeah. him a stronger bad guy. But still henchman right St- still had henchman but at least his motivations would be a little bit more clear of yeah i'm, w- I'm willing to stab this lady with an axe so, so i can go home <laughs> right. you know you need you need just a little bit yeah. more you know yeah onto it so by the time the very very end rolled around i was kind of checked out i wasn't enjoying myself i was bored and i think what happens is the company that Walton Goggins is working for is actually owned by Lara Croft's family, but the head lady, I think it's Kristen Scott Thomas, maybe was the lady there. Um, she's been kind of, uh, I don't know what the right word is, like Trusty. engaging in subterfuge. Like she's running this evil company from inside Lara Croft's company or her dad's company. I, I didn't quite piece that together, and I'll be honest, it's totally from a lack of caring at that point. Well, it ended up being. Laura had to sign papers that she was saying her dad was dead yes. and her dad was only missing. And so until she right. acknowledged that her dad was dead, the company was in limbo and I guess being been run by this lady. Yeah. And this company has a bunch of shell companies that are funding Walton and his, and his search for this death lady for some reason, I'm assuming to use as a weapon. I guess yeah. something right later that we'll find out uh, the bit bad, bad guy at the end. Laura discovers that, and that's the setting of the sequels. Right. I just wanted to make sure I understood that right. So, yeah, it's a shell company inside her company. And I'm that, assuming she's the head of the board of directors. Yeah, it was that, something like that. that. She has control of chairman of the board <laughs> or something. Right. And so now the, the Croft name is is the problem. So she's essentially fighting her own, right. her own company. Yeah. I did want to bring up a, a, a couple things. So when she, when she screams... In uh, her fight scenes, mm-hmm. like when she's getting beat up, those seem like real screams. Like I don't know if you, it was like a, it was a high pitched wail, yeah. But like it was almost ear piercing, but you don't hear that from females in in movies. Hmm. Uh, like you hear like almost like an acting scream, but hers sounded genuine. That was how she would scream if she was getting crap kicked <laughs> out of her, and it was I was taken aback by. By that, it was like that. That's that's a real scream. Yeah, you, know, you, you don't really want to hear. Somebody, <laughs> you hear the horror movie screams. You know, yeah, and that's not. But this was like, ow, that really hurt. Right, you know, type screams. And I, and I thought she did an excellent job in that at and, screaming. It's at, at, at screaming, but they're also you know she's got this accent. It's kind of a raspy scream. It, it was just all all tied into one. And, I, and and that's one thing that when I when I watched it again, it, it, she did it like three times in the movie, but it just it just seemed real. You watched it again. I want to. Oh, okay. I want to, it's something it's I'll like, watch it again. Oh, my God. You watched it I will, twice? I will watch it again. <laughs> that gets down to my rating is, is I ended up giving it a three and a half. <laughs> that's, so, that's way too high for it this. Is, it is an above average. 
It is above That's average. way too high for this movie. No, it's a good movie, and it's a good origin. It's, it's no a good more reboot. than a three. No, it's three and a half. No. Three and a half. We, so two and a half is an average for me, and three it is, is not. Above, a, it's a it good is not movie. a full star above average. It is a good movie. No, I, I can't get on board with that. I was like flipping a coin on this one. I was between two and two and a half. I landed at two and a half. It's it's acted fine. It's shot okay. It's just overly generic and dull. In the action scenes, there was nothing new or original or anything about the action scenes. I thought they were a little too CGI heavy when they didn't really need to be for a Tomb Raider movie. See, I didn't, I didn't see really any problem with the with the graphics. I thought they did did really well. I just felt like it was unnecessary. You, it's a Tomb Raider movie. It's about climbing and fighting and stuff. Why? And why do you need CGI? There's ways of doing this without CGI. So when I don't think it's necessary, then it stands out a little bit more. I don't think it was necessarily bad CGI. I just think it was unnecessary CGI. I don't even remember seeing any, to be honest. That's, I mean, I, mean, that's I know crazy. I mean, there was oh her her jumping from the boat that's was a, not CGI. Her that's going that's, that's wire her work. going down the down the river uh, and landing on the plane was not CGI. It's like wire work. That's not like a... But they a, CGI a, in all the other stuff. You can tell that it's there. But she's not a CGI character. You know, no, like, I'm not saying it's, that. It's not like it's a you know, Neo kicking... No, up. I'm saying that the stunts that she was being asked to do with the CGI background and floors falling and stuff like that, it didn't need to be there. There's ways of doing that without going overboard in the CGI. But even then, nothing about any of the action scenes were good. It was just standard generic action scenes. Just guys shooting guns at each other, arrows being shot. There wasn't anything cool about how she fought or did anything. It, it, my problem was it was dull. There was no motivations. I didn't wasn't rooting for anybody. Nothing about it was overly cool for me to say, oh, okay, well, it was dull and boring, but at least it was, you know, cool action and stuff. The action wasn't original or good. So I was between a two and a two and a half. I wrote down two and a half. I don't know that I'll ever watch it again, which probably makes it skew to more of the two territory for me. But two and a half is where I put it for now. See, I think I think she, as an actress, brought it to a three and a half for me. I would watch her again in this role. I'd, I'd watch this movie again. Uh, <laughs> so you're saying... Ma- mainly, mainly for her. Right, so you're saying you have a crush, and that's why I, you gave it three and a half. I do have a crush. Uh, it was kind of like how in our one episode you gave me the reasoning for giving Desperado a five as Salma Hayek. <laughs> Salma Hayek is... So, yes, I, I mean, that's fine if we want to say that you jumped from a two and a half average to a three and a half for at least you have a candor, but don't defend the rest of it's, the movie. It's rewatchable no, it's uh, because of her. Absolutely. It's and, boring. It, it, oh, I think it's entertaining. I, I think, I think th- those of you that are listening should give this a sh- another, if I guess you've, you've watched this, then watch this. Yeah. I guess if you're you listening, listen, you probably, you've probably already it, seen the movie. We it. Yeah. We just gave away the whole movie, but I wish I could think of some more movies off the top of my head to compare this to, because it's, it's an overly generic action adventure type it's movie. It's better than all those though. Mm, it's, not for me. It's better than yeah, national I can... treasure. Mm. Uh, <laughs> oh, don't even, I don't know about that. Oh, come on. I really don't know about that. This is this is generic. Do not do not demote her below Nick. This is as mainstream template action movie as you can get. I think it's an introduction to a universe. But as people start to learn our as people start to learn our tastes, you skew more generic mainstream action movies. So I can understand why you would like it. You you tend to justify these types of movies as it kept my attention. This did not keep my attention. I was it's 
the same movie I feel like I've seen over and over again. It was a slightly better Assassin's Creed. That was a lot better than Assassin's Creed. I gave Assassin's Creed that was two, just I think. A, a convoluted mess. And I was its story was clear, but it was just as dull. Ironically, that's her husband. Yeah, I know. I yeah. didn't know that until a while back. <laughs> but yeah, that that's what it felt like to me. A slightly better Assassin's Creed. It was cleaner. It was not as muddled, but the action was all the same. There's no action scene in Assassin's Creed that's better or worse than what's in Tomb Raider. They're all the same. Yeah, I think you're uh, you're being a little too harsh on this. I think it's a great installment to a new franchise that I'm excited to see number two. I have no desire to see number two. I don't think I will. I'll buy it for you. <laughs> it doesn't mean I have to watch it. I don't have that rule. That's your <laughs> yeah, rule. That's true. Well, that does it for episode 13 of Two Views Movies Podcast. If you like what you've been hearing, do us a big favor. If you're listening on Apple, go out and rate us on the podcast store. Subscribe to it. If you're listening on Google Play, do the same. Subscribe. Like us. If you're listening on the website, that's just as good. If you want to reach out to us and let us know what you think, if you're enjoying it, if you have other things you want us to do, you can catch us at twoviewsmovies.com. We are on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We have an email, twoviewsmovies at gmail.com. Let us know what you think. Catch you next time.